Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Bravo, macht Tempo, wartet auf Harte. Herzlang gekommen und jetzt ist es Klos. Also, Arminia Bielefeld. Penny, 2-0. 2-0 für den FC St. Pauli. Diese Flanke, Tor, nächster Treffer. Es heuer, Fernandes mit vorne. Ja klar ist er mit vorne. Kittel mit der Ecke, Pujabalata. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Spider Bundesliga podcast. It is another exciting week of action that we will be reviewing. Uh, that is match day 29. Uh, it's been a busy weekend and uh, week. And there's so much to discuss. Uh, as mentioned, we'll be reviewing the action from match day 29. Uh, it is slowly becoming a little bit more clearer the state of play who could be going up and who could be going down. Uh, alongside me, as always, co-host uh, for this afternoon's episode, Eva Lotte-Baller. Uh, Eva, good day to you. You must be thrilled. Bielefeld got a win on on, uh, on last night against uh, that other team in blue. But um, yeah, there's still hope that your team could avoid relegation. How good's that? <laughs> yeah, first of all, thanks for recording with me anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, of course, it, it feels good to to yeah get those points in the end. But I mean, it's not done yet um, because all of, like with Hertha being quarantined, um, I mean, we have the same situation in the Zweiten Liga as well. You don't have that certainty you would have otherwise. I mean, with... Kiel only um, were having four games in hand. They only played 26 games so far. It's a bit weird to make predictions still. I mean, of course, you you have some teams where you can say, okay, they will end up there and there. And um, you can make sometimes or in, in some instance, you can make better predictions. But I still find it very weird um, because we don't really know how those teams will come back. I mean, we've seen it with uh, Dresden last season, how it can break a team. Um, but with Kiel, we have a very different situation because um, they're fighting for promotion, not for relegation. So yeah, it's all a bit blurry, I have to say, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> that is great to hear. It, it is rather murky and it would seem, based with the schedule, that they're going to be trying to cram as many games as possible um, for the next month to try and get to match day 34. And it does put as you mentioned, a few teams in a tricky situation, especially when they're fighting to avoid relegation, as well as trying to get in the promotion um, places. Let's start then uh, with our Group 1 games, and we are going to head to the Ruhrstadion, Bochum versus Hanover. Ooh, what a game. It was... Um, nail-biting and it had the the perfect crescendo if you were a Borkham fan. 4-3 the final score and Robert Teshit was your hero. He scored twice in this game in similar fashion both from corners headed into the back of the net. Garrett Holtman and Simon Sola also scoring for Borkham. Sola now has 15 goals for the season. He could extend that tonight if uh, he can get on the score sheet. For Hanover, Dominic Kaiser, Marvin Duksch Philip Ox thought he had equalised 
um, and given Hanover a share of the points with his goal from way downtown, but it wasn't enough um, either. Unbelievable result for Borkham, considering they were 3-1 up in this game. They'd almost thrown it away. Bit of luck along the way. And they are edging closer. It's as the table stands. Of course, there are teams that have games in hand. You know, Borkham have a nice... Well, they've got a three-point cushion to Furt because Furt played last night, got the win. But um, seven points clear of Hamburg, who have a game in hand. That's a very handy margin to have. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, and I do have to say, it wasn't even the best game um, this season. Um, I do think Hanover looked a bit better throughout this game, but they were just, as you've mentioned, a bit unlucky um, for Bochum. I do think it's a very, very important win uh, because, I mean, fighting back like this in a game, I, I don't always want to come back to Armenia, but actually I had a kind of that key feeling from last season where Shiplock scored that last minute goal um having the energy like that so far into the season um it really points out how good this team works together and even from a player like Koba Teshu who I mean he's probably it's probably one of his best seasons at Bochum so far um I think it's very difficult to argue with that I mean and the whole yeah, team dynamics in this game. Um, they stood up for each other and didn't... I mean, Hanover looked a bit more comfortable to actually win this game in the end. But um, yeah, Bochum never gave up. And um, really, really important game for them, of course. Um, Wednesday night um, against Heidenheim. Huge, huge uh, game for both teams. Um, and yeah. So I think it was really important to them after this uh, 3-0 defeat against Paderborn. I mean, they've now conceded six six goals in two games. So this is probably something they should look out for uh, for the last couple of games. But all in all, um, I was a bit surprised that there were seven goals in this game. But yeah, as mentioned before, in the end, just from mentality-wise, deserved win. Just don't tell Dortmund about mentality. And that's, um, yeah, that was the difference. They were able to pick themselves off the canvas after Philip Ox scored that goal. And, you know, Hanover's set-piece defending at times has left a lot to be desired. And it showed that two goals from set-pieces that were avoidable. They were avoidable. Um, but, but credit to Tesha for being in the right place at the right time. It really continues to dour for Hanover. They're now sitting twelfth uh, in the standings. It has been. It is becoming a horrible season for them. Do have a game in hand. They've lost their last three. Um, it really now has to be questioned if they can't beat Jan Regensburg uh, today. Uh, at the time of recording, this is a Wednesday. Um, I don't see Kino Kokach even seeing out the season. It's just not possible. They've just fallen off the cliff, really, and and the underachieving has been incredible on their behalf. They they'll be feel really disappointed um, that they've let it come to this. So a lot to talk about with them, um, and that comes with a team that is second on the table. That is Greuther Fürth. We mentioned that they won yesterday, 
uh, beating Eintracht Braunschweig three goals to nil. But they did have a game on the weekend at Darmstadt, and they had to do it the hard way when Tobias Kemper scored a free kick just two minutes in. Sodar Dursun made it 2-0 just before halftime. He has 18 goals this season, and if anyone is keeping count, he's only two goals behind Simon Terodde, uh for the Torjäger Kanon in the Zweiter Bundesliga. But Fürth, much better in the second half. Julian Green getting his eighth of the season. And David Raum scoring his first of the campaign, and they nearly even stole all three points. Uh, Dixon Abiyami thought he had scored, but it was ruled for offside, and boy, oh boy, it was tight. Eva, there's a lot to look at this game. You know, Darmstadt, very, very good in the first half, but Furt was able to wrestle control in the second half and almost stole all three points. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really good start by Darmstadt, as you've mentioned. I mean, um, of course, there was a beautiful goal by Kemper. Not really sure what Maxi Bauer does there on the post, because if you put a player like at the post for, for a free kick or any kind of set piece, you would imagine he should actually help, but he just digs and the ball just literally flies over his hat. Um, but I was actually a bit more impressed by the second goal by Darmstadt because um, Schnellard passes and you would see or would think that Palzon picks up the ball, but he actually lets the ball through and it goes straight to, to Dusen. And I think that was a really good work by Palzon. Uh, speaking about him, he uh, was a good interview with him by the Darmstadt um yeah, social media team. He speaks about mental health uh, in general, um, with as well as grief. Um, really good interview. I'm not quite sure if there's an English translation, but uh, go on the page and uh, uh, read through. That's actually quite powerful. Um, yeah, and then of course, um, Darmstadt had a new goalkeeper in with uh, Kai Klaus because Schoen is out injured. I thought he in general had a good game. Um, there, there was this scene in the first half against Nielsen where he looked quite good. Um, yeah, but in the second half they didn't defend very well, so Damshot didn't. Um, especially against Gorta and and Green for the one-two, and then basically for the yeah, second goal as well. Um, yeah, and as you mentioned, Food looked a bit closer to the three-two. They were actually closer, but um. Darmstadt didn't really offer much in the second half. So in the end, I think it's a fair share of points. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I have to admit, I did see the uh, the face on Marcus Anfang when the goal had gone through and it was the... Uh, well, it was, <laughs> it was priceless. I do feel sorry for him because it was pretty... Um, it was pretty hard to, to, um, to not laugh at. But, you know, not... It's not a bad result for Darmstadt because they are a very, very good side grower for it and they continue to show that, that, you know, they've been able to be resilient in overcoming many, many obstacles. So, you know, they were able to get over this. They played last night. They beat Würzburg three goals to one. Um, and, yeah, I think Darmstadt very much building for next season to have a tilt um, for it very much in a great position to make things happen. I know you talked about the Victor Paulson uh, interview, Darmstadt International, which is their English account, does have a thread 
translating the entire interview um, talking about mental health and I think that's very very important as you know as individuals that we um, if we're not feeling okay I know I know I make the mistake as well where someone may ask how you know are you okay and I'll say I'm fine and I'm not really fine um, you know having a group of people or any, someone you can go to and talk to about mental health and you know having someone you know who you trust who will listen to you is is very important and I think you know I, I you know Paulson being so vulnerable in a situation you know and being so open I think that's that's admirable and it's you know I think you know really thankful that he shared he was so open to share his story and you know how important it is to really have a network and um yeah it's 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 really good work on his behalf um let's move over to the final group one game and that was jan regensburg and heidenheim heidenheim three nil winners in this game with goal scorers dennis tamala patrick meinker and tim kleinitz from the spot kleinitz has nine goals in the campaign um but really this was one of those regensburg performances that they pop up once every few months where they make a bunch of individual errors they lead to goals and and all three goals are individual errors of some description um leading to a pretty untimely defeat when they didn't need it yeah and um as you've mentioned basically Heinheim wasn't that good in this game either they basically scored because Ringsburg offered them but if like as a Ringsburg team, if you then don't really manage to create any kind of chances for yourself. Um, and I mean, they didn't just look at the XGs here. Um, it's 0.4 to 2.9. Um, yeah, in general, not a good performance by Ringsburg here. Um, I mean, Maya had one mistake as well, was probably in the end one of the best uh, Ringsburg players still yeah but i don't know there's not a lot to say about this game because as we've mentioned a lot of individual mistakes um we spoke about that heimenheim is playing bochum this uh, on match day 30 so they have to offer a bit more for that game because i'm quite sure bochum won't offer them as many um opportunities to score as Ringsburg did but yeah in in general go win for Heidenheim they with a win tonight uh, they could yeah climb up to the uh, player sport and yeah putting uh, Heisfeld down to the fourth again so yeah good good situation for them in general um have to be honest wouldn't expected them to be that close again to that third spot uh, this season because they didn't look like it at well, for some parts of the season. So yeah, I'm, don't know, Frank Schmidt masterclass. <laughs> Just the usual kind of fanfare that he provides, which is, you know, things happening and three wins on the bounce for them now. And obviously Hamburg have the two games in hand. They play Sandhausen on Thursday night and then um, Karlsruhe the following Thursday night as they continue to catch up on fixtures 
But yeah, really good from Heidenheim in the sense that they took advantage of every single individual mistake that Jan Regensburg made. And if you kind of take the microcosm of Jan's day, they had two injuries before half-time. Um, you know, Alexander Meyer, who's been, for me anyway, their best player all season and, you know, will command a little bit of interest uh, from a few teams who may look to upgrade or might be looking for goalkeeper depth in the Bundesliga, um, you know, it is going to be really tough to keep him because he's been so consistent. And uh, when he's making mistakes, you know, it's going to be a, a long day at the office. And, you know, Scott Kennedy completely forgot to clear the ball and Tamala scores. Um, and then they give away a penalty in junk time. And yeah, really, really scrappy performance from, from Jan. And it leaves the door ajar. It's, is it going to happen? Unlikely, but um, that they go down. But it does make things a bit uncomfortable. The lucky thing for them is they have a ton of games in hand, so they will be okay. Let's take our one and only break. And on the other side, we're going to talk about the remaining three games from Match Day 29. We may sprinkle in a little bit of Match Day 30, and we will even laugh at the European Super League as well. clean sheets and were really the order of our group two games but there were two um teams who were able to find the back of the net the first of those was st pauli they hosted Würzburger kickers and well you could have made a case for the mercy rule to be applied here the score was only four nil but in truth be told it really really should have been more four individual goal scorers omar mamush rico benatelli learnt pacarada with the chef's kiss type goal uh, and Daniel Kofi Kire getting his ninth of the campaign dominant I mean it may be one of St. Pauli's most dominant displays this season again four wins in a row only six points away from third it's amazing how good 2021 has been for St. Pauli and this was really as commanding as it gets for them yeah, and I mean, you you had the feeling from the first minute on, uh, this is going to be some powerless game. I mean, basically, the score after three four minutes and didn't leave Würzburg any yeah room to breathe in this game at all. Um, I mean, you you also had a couple of really cool goals in this game. I mean, didn't know Leah Pacarada could score a goal like that, but I mean, you highly deserved because he really evolved to be a good really good asset for St. Pauli I remember at the beginning of the season or in this uh, in this part of the season where they looked closer to the Dritte Liga than to the Bundesliga what which what they are closer to now um wasn't his best time as well I mean also really I think he has the assist before the Curie goal uh, as well for the fourth uh, for the 4-0 but yeah as you've mentioned this could have easily ended like 5-6-7-0 I mean already in the first half St. Pauli had tons of chances um, yeah and for Würzburg performances like that also they they had this defeat to um, to Darmstadt last night where they at least had 
better performance. Uh, they looked quite good, especially in the first half, but just were a bit unlucky, didn't use their chances very well. Um, yeah, for me, although just points-wise is still possible, but for me, they're kind of they're kind of gone. Yeah, it's really hard to see them not avoiding relegation. Um, it was always going to be tough for them at the start of the season. Uh, I think it was lamented quite clearly that we felt that they didn't have the same individual quality that certain teams had that could get good that could be the difference um and that's what makes it so hard for them is that it's been um you know so very difficult to watch and and they were just helpless everywhere (laughs) i mean they just could not get anything going it was so it was so dominant from saint pauli um and yeah, I mean, they've got four games left until the end of the season. And, you know, I guess they, they, they could really just play some havoc with a few teams and ruin a few seasons. But, yeah, it's been pretty ordinary for them. It's been a tough season. They've gone through so many different managers, so much change. It's not going to be a surprise when eventually the time comes for them. Uh, St. Pauli, on the other hand, it... It almost could be a case of what could have been because had they shown this kind of form early on in the season, they might even be winning the league. That's how good they've been. They've been utterly brilliant. Um, so, yeah. Who knows? Let's make a move to Dus- to Osnabrück. Valkyrie Osnabrück hosted Fortuna Dusseldorf. Uh, this game wasn't really close either. Uh, Dusseldorf very, very dominant throughout. Three goals to nil winners. Christopher Pedersen opened the scoring. Really, really nice goal. David Kovnatsky from the spot. Marcel Sabotka chipping Philip Kuhn. Uh, really the coup de grace of all things. And uh, this game also shouldn't have been very close. Dusseldorf had a ton of chances. Lamenting uh, David Kovnatsky who had at least two or three one-on-ones with the goalkeeper. Um, they either were so dominant in this game. Osnabrück. Um really just didn't bring anything to the party again and and they face a very nervous weight with Sandhausen having those those games in hand yeah I would really agree similar to what I said about uh, Zang Pauli you could see in this game as well that um yeah Düsseldorf was the dominant team from like the first second on um and yeah as you've mentioned Philip Kuhn was probably the one yeah making it close it's very difficult to say close when you know it's 3-0 but I mean he made that first mistake in the game saved it in the end but tons of individual mistakes in this game as well I mean it's the 12th defeat at home in in consecutive games for Osnabrück uh, they really do hope they only have to play away for the rest of the season probably um but they didn't offer much. I think the first chance came after like 80 minutes or something like that with Mark Haider. Um So, yeah, all in all, I'm very disappointed by Osnabrück. Um, they started off quite well. I mean, we didn't expect them to be any team that pushes for a promotion or anything. But the way they 
fell down this last couple of weeks and months uh, is very worrying and disappointing as well. Um, yeah, and as you've mentioned, um, Fortuna ha- could have won this easily with four, four or five goals or something like that. Um, Kuhn was the best man for, for Osnabrück on this pitch. And yeah, if Osnabrück doesn't want to get relegated, they really have to... Yeah, I, I think I say this every week since we since they fell down like that. They really have to be careful and they have to pick up points and very fast. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it, it starts with trying to get a result at Paderborn um, and then Kiel. <laughs> they play Kiel and... Uh, Followed by Würzburg, which will be a massive game for them. Then they've got Hamburg, and then end the season at our. That's a tough road. Um, that is a very tough road to, to to at the very least get to the playoff spot, which they're currently in. It is extraordinary. Um, can they do it? Maybe, but boy, oh boy, they need a bit of help. It's been a very tough grind. Dusseldorf building, um, building. For next season, it would seem uh, 46 points at the moment. They do have games in hand. Only four points away from from Hamburg. Um, So they could, but I think we've said it a few times that it's unlikely. But you never know. They've won their last two, three of the last five. Form suggests that they could make something happen if others do fall apart. Our last game was... Eintracht Braunschweig and Paderborn ended nil-nil. VAR was very busy in this game, uh, and it was applied correctly in both occasions. Uh, Braunschweig thought they had a penalty early on, um, but rightfully, it was rightfully chalked off as uh, Nick Praschwitz slipped. Uh, There was no contact with him and the defender, and then um, Paderborn thought they had scored through Sven Mikkel, offside in the build-up and that was also correct not really the ideal result for Brown Frog. I mean they didn't lose they still get a point it puts pressure on the teams below them to try and take away their advantage but I guess for Paderborn they were they were the better side for the majority of this game but they really just couldn't make their opportunities count yeah more fully agree with you here as well I mean um I think some Braunschweig fans might be disappointed taking into account what happened last night as well, um, that you couldn't really use those, yeah, this energy that you kind of felt in the in the Osnabrück game. Um, I mean, it's not it's not bad to play a draw against Paderborn, but um, obviously they they need to pick up points. Um, although teams around them don't do it as they want to as well, but yeah way too less for them. I mean, they had an extreme near to nil uh, because they were that bad. They had no shot on target. Um, Paderborn, I mean, basically, Andrea J has to do that or has to score that goal. Um, it does amazes me a bit how it, that one isn't in. But yeah, um, I mean, for Paderborn, it's not that they have to fight for anything. It's not anything that will yeah, bring them closer or f- more far away to anything. So at this point, I mean, they, they're happy about every point they get, but I don't think they will be 
very very sad about this i think they're for like only really target is to end this season more or less well because of stefan baumgart leaves but and and for some players maybe to yeah i don't know advertise themselves for for bigger clubs potentially i mean Sven Michel is one player I would maybe um, like or would tend to see in, in the Bundesliga next season. But yeah, in general, nothing to go for them until the end of the season for Braunschweig. A bit less, I think, in, in the end for the relegation battle. Yeah, I think the thing with Paderborn is that we're probably going to see a bit of a shake-up, obviously, Baumgart saying that he's left, he's going to leave at the end of the season. He would definitely be eyeing off a certain vacancy in the Bundesliga. I could think of Frankfurt would be an interesting fit for him, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens with him. So there are a number of players you would think would also exit um, if the opportunity came about. I think of someone like Christoph Atuia-Jay, who could find his way to Schalke he's a Schalke fan after all and he did mention at the start of the season that he would be interested in playing in Royal Blue I wouldn't oppose to it pretty nifty player to have um, you know Dennis Abeni's been very good for them up front Leopold Zingler's one of the more underrated goalkeepers in the Zweite Bundesliga and you know throughout this campaign has shown his worth throughout so they face an interesting proposition heading into the offseason. Obviously, a few of them, as you mentioned, playing for their futures, others seeing what the market will see will get. So it's going to be a tough season for them, you know, end of season regardless. Braunschweig keeps them ab- above water for now. Um, it's going to be tricky for them to keep picking up points and keep applying the pressure. So the likes of Osnabrück and Sandhausen can't catch them uh, heading into the final few match days. There's been a lot of news and we were talking about this off air and we decided we're going to run with it. Um, There has been a bit of news in regard to a signing. Paderborn did sign John Iredale. I hope I pronounced his name right. He's Australian after all uh, from Wolfsburg's Fi. The the Regionalliga Nord like most fourth divisions um have been cancelled. So he only played eight times, five goals for them. It's a two-year deal. He will be hoping to be one of the 23 Oli Roos that makes it to Tokyo for the 2020 Olympic Games. Um, Of course, it goes without saying that um, the European Super League was an absolute laugh. Um, What an absolute joke that was. And... It's good that for 48 hours uh, we saw the true colours of the individuals who own those clubs and run those clubs. And it tells you a lot about, you know, that there may be those kinds of people within the German game, but you don't have an evil overlord who can basically control everything as, as much. There may be investors, but, you know, the 50 plus one rule really showcased why commercialism and and that kind of system that is adopted in England, Spain and Italy and and most around the world um, why it really does a a disservice to its its fans and as as a result and I know Eva, we we were talking about this off air 
Um, it does showcase really the dark side of football that, you know, 12 very selfish clubs run by very selfish individuals who are all very wealthy um, would think that this is exactly what people want and, um, you know, put their clubs and, and more importantly, their fans in an absolute turmoil for a, for a short period of time. Yeah, and I mean, you could see when it was announced. I mean, uh, I wanted to go to bed on that Sunday evening, uh, Sunday night, and then my phone basically exploded. And I was awake until like 2 a.m. trying to wrap my head about it, um, or around it. And everyone I talked about it was like, that's like, this is some kind of satiric um, point of view. I was like, sadly, no. Um I, I have to say you could already see from like the timing that it wasn't targeted for Europeans. It wasn't really to the original fans who live in the country because even in England it was um, around 11 p.m. Uh, probably the American and Asian market was more more the target, and I do think they didn't expect that their fans would be so pissed and. This says basically everything where English football, where Italian football, where Spanish football is at the moment. I mean, I a lot of people now are you know, cheering for, for Karl-Heinz Rummenigger and German clubs who are not entering. But I mean, you still have the problem with the UEFA Champions League reform, which is if you now put that Super League beside you basically have now a Champions League Super League because that's what is if I don't want to say again how this whole thing works uh, there is a really good video up on Instagram by uh, the Deutsche Welle kickoff uh, it's made by Tom Gennai he tries to explain how it works and it's just ridiculous and it's in in a way it's even a bit worse than the Super League because it's implemented in a system we already have, and it basically means as well that the richer will get even the rich will get richer with every game. You have 100 more games. Um, it's just ridiculous, uh, in my opinion. And well, I mean, it's good to see that especially English fans are fighting back. Um, and you can also see how important the 50-plus rule here in Germany is, um, which you already mentioned. So, well, um, at least in a way it was a good day for, for football because you could see that fans were really fighting. I mean, I love that. Uh, I think there was one um, banner or something like that which read, we want our cold, rainy nights in Stoke, <laughs> which I did love. Um, I mean... Football without fans is nothing. Um, you can, even in a, in times of a pandemic, you can see that from time and time again. Uh, so I, I, you could see that already part, a couple of chairmans and coaches were really pissed. I mean, especially players and coaches. They basically said we weren't involved in any kind of decision. So yeah, it's just messed up in, in so many levels. And 
I mean, there were jokes. Um, I mean, I don't know if you all know this, this app Clubhouse, <laughs> which has not really been talked about anymore. But um, they said even even Clubhouse survived longer than the Super League. And that's basically it. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, incomprehensible. And it, it's, yeah, it's mind-boggling that we got to this situation at all. But not surprising that, you know, greed and selfishness took over um, all because they see people like us as dollar signs or euros, whatever the currency may be. Um, pretty shameful stuff. Uh, as well as some of the shameful stuff we saw at the end of last night, uh, of course, the elephant in the room being that Next season, Schalke and Orfea will be in the Zweite Bundesliga for the first time in 30 years after its 1-0 defeat to Armenia Bielefeld. And um, if you could excuse the effort that has been spewed out on the pitch for the entirety of this season and the bit of last season, which has been another joke, um, you know, it is pretty clear. And, and I don't want to come across as someone who's living in the moment but it certainly looked like a lot of the players in that squad have given up and had given up a long time ago and they've thought about their futures or you know they they didn't care enough to give a hundred percent and this is why when i see the scenes at the end of the game and you've got timo becker bawling his eyes out and the only person who came to him was was Bielefeld manager Frank Kramer. It says everything you need to see about the club at the moment. It's in absolute disarray. Um, it's never felt more divided. And then you have the performance. And this is why I, I'm so sympathetic to Dimitrius Gramotzis is how can you coach a bunch of players who clearly have no invested interest in being there at all. If, if the majority of the squad just don't try, he's got to pick the best 11 every week. It's a miracle that they beat Hoffenheim and it's a miracle they beat Augsburg because they've not shown anything for the last 18 months. It's disturbing. It, and and the, the biggest thing, and as I go finish this rant, the biggest thing for them is if they think they come into the Spider Bundesliga next season and it's going to be a cakewalk, they will get the rudest awakening. This league is hard and it's shown for many, many years. You know, it has kept teams like Hamburg here for three seasons, Hanover's second season. Nuremberg were nearly relegated last season and you would never have comprehended that being, being the case. And, you know, Schalke will have, a, I would hope, a relatively new squad of players. You know, considering the finances, it should be a sell-sell-sell situation and try and recoup the money, work with the academy, find hidden gems, pluck some players from Spider Bundesliga clubs that are out of contract. That is the way forward. They need to start the blueprint. Now, It's gl I'm glad that it's over. We know that we're going to be playing in the Spider Bundesliga, but it is frustrating. It's frustrating the actions of certain Ultra members, you know, trying to chase players when they get back to Gilsenkirk. That's not the way to go about it. It hurts being relegated. 
a lot of people who have supported clubs, Eva included, know that relegation hurts. It's not meant to feel nice. But there is a way to go about it. And that is, we learn from this. And next season, we are better. That is the way forward. Um, so, yeah, I do apologize. That's an untimely rant. But as you can tell, it's a really frustrating situation. It's great that I get to talk about my own club for the first time on a podcast. But, uh, yeah, it is an absolute pity um, that it has come to this. Thank you again. I do apologize that I've completely gone on a tangent. We will be back um, next week to discuss the action from Match Day 31. Of course, Match Day 30 is happening as we speak. Stay safe. You know, look after yourself. If you're not okay, don't be afraid to talk to someone about it. It's okay to be struggling. It's also okay to let people know that you need support. So, you know, don't be afraid in that regard. Be strong, stay safe, and we'll see you next time.